Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finkson. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. We'll begin there in a moment. Today we celebrate and worship our King, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about gifts. It's about the gift. It's not about something that happened in history, but it's His story. It's not just a celebration, but for revelation. To know that God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. In Galatians 4, you don't have to turn there, it'll be on the screen. Galatians 4, verse 4 says, But when the fullness of the time had come, the fullness of the time had come. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Sometimes in a Christmas season, especially in America, we tend to forget that Jesus was born into a Jewish home. He was born into a Jewish society under a Jewish law, God's law. And often we separate the story from the setting from the history, from the prophecy. This is what I read as I prepared for Christmas. It's Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 4. It says this, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known or revealed to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now I realize you've read this just like me many, many times before. But when I read it this year, something stood out to me that I had not considered. It's found in verse 
12, but I want to look at verse 10 through 12. The angel said to them, that's to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now look at verse 12. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get questions when I'm reading the Bible. And I just had read this so many times, but I've never, I've never really pondered. I think it was God. I've never really pondered that the angel said, this is going to be a sign. A sign to you. Now, the word sign there is the... And I wonder, why sign? Why sign? Why was a babe... Wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, a sign. And so, the word translated sign is Simeon. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but sounds good to me. That word means miracle, sign or token. A sign is something that serves as a pointer to aid perception or insight. It's a token which has behind it a particular message to be conveyed. So I was saying, why a sign? Why was it a sign? And then I had another question. Don't you like my questions? Verse 15. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known. And that word made known is to be revealed to us with a divine intention. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Here's my next question. How did they know where to go? The word here that means that they hurried, there's another word that could have been used that meant that they went on a diligent search. But that's not used here. The implication that all of a sudden for me was, they know where to look. It was a sign, and they know where to look. So that set me on a journey, and you're going to get to hear everything that I found on my journey. I, I, and listen, the point I'm trying to make is, when you read the Bible, look for what God is giving you questions about, because in the questions, God is able to give you some revelation of things that you may not have known. Don't just presume you understand the story. How many of you have ever heard the Christmas story before? Yeah? Some of you didn't raise your hands. This is your first time? Maybe I need to read it more fully. So I want us to talk about what's this sign? What is it? And as I began to look, uh, you know, the birth of Jesus was in detail the answer to prophecy. The birth of Jesus from being born of a virgin, being Emmanuel, what he was named, to being born in Bethlehem, was a fulfillment of prophecy from up to 700 years before he was ever born. God followed His own Word to the least detail in Jesus' birth, His life, and His death. Some people say there's over 300 prophecies. Others, there may be more than that. But the whole thing is, is that Jesus came, He lived, He died, He rose, according to what God had already said and intended. One of these prophecies was Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, 
Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. This prophecy, this prophecy, Micah 5, 2, was the same prophecy that when the wise men came and asked Herod, where is he that's born king of the Jews? And he asked the Bible scholars... They knew what to give. They knew the answer, and they quoted this prophecy. It's in Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, I believe. They quoted this prophecy to say they knew exactly where the king was going to be born. You see, when we do our nativity scene, we have uh, the shepherds and the wise men and everything at one place. You do know that the wise men didn't come till about 15 to 18 months later, Right? So these Jews knew exactly where the king was going to be born. The Messiah was going to be born. He was going to be born in Bethlehem. And in fact, I began to look up this Ephratah. I keep wanting to say it Ephrathah. But it's Ephratah, I believe. This is where Rachel was buried when Benjamin was born, the son of promise. The oldest tradition based upon Genesis 35 and 48 places ancient Bethlehem Ephrata northeast of the current day city of Bethlehem and is about four miles south of of the old city of Jerusalem. The shepherd's fields on the outskirts of Bethlehem are also mentioned in the Talmud. The Talmud writings say that all of the, the livestock, the sheep and the cattle that was in these fields surrounding Jerusalem as far as Migdal Adar, Adar, excuse me, Migdal Adar, they were deemed to be holy and consecrated and could only be used for sacrifices in the temple. In other words, what the Talmud was saying was that these fields where these shepherds were, were fields where they kept the sheep that were going to be offered as sacrifice in the temple. And it was as far as Migdal Adar. So, I thought, well, what's Migdal Adar? And it literally is the tower of the flocks. That's what the Hebrew word means. It's a Hebrew word, the tower of the flocks. And in context of Micah chapter 2, aren't you impressed? In context of Micah chapter 5 verse 2 and 4 verse 8, in Micah 4 verse 8, you find this scripture, these words. And you, O tower of the flock, Migdal Adar, Adar in the Hebrew, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. Even the former dominion or kingdom shall come. The kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. So that sent me on a search. And you can find anything on the internet. And I began to look up and I began to see. And there's a lot of things I read. But some of the things that would stand off to me. Migdal Adar according to the Midrash. Now the Midrash is the oral traditions that have been handed down. And had finally got into written form. And the word uh, midrash means repetition. In other words, the Jewish people memorized their traditions. Memorized how they did the sacrifices, everything they did. And so when it was written down, it was second only to the scripture itself. 
And so the Midrash said something about these tower of the flock, the Migdal Adar. It tells that these fields were specifically designated to raise the sheep destined for temple sacrifice. Male lambs destined to be burnt offerings and females destined to be peace offerings. 730 lambs a year were sacrificed in the temple. These shepherds were watching over their flock, which was just an hour's walk to Jerusalem. And the Migdal Adar, Adar, I keep trying to say it right. These shepherds were not just any shepherds. You see, for a lamb to be offered as a sacrifice, you remember what the Levitical law said? It had to be without spot or blemish. It had to be whole. It had to be complete. It had to be perfect. And so these shepherds were raising flocks, according to the Midrash, that they were going to be the lambs that were offered in the temple. They had to be without blemish and defect. These shepherds were trained in what was required for lambs destined for the temple. They knew how to recognize it. They knew how to judge it. They knew how to make sure that everything was exactly right. They, lambs would either be sent to the temple or they'd be sent out for wool and for meat. These shepherds were not, maybe just not any shepherds. They were shepherds that were working in fields. And there was what Migdal Edar had, a, the tower of the flocks. I want to show you a picture of what was on the internet. It said that these towers, they literally were towers where the, the people, soldiers would watch for enemies. They are soldiers. The shepherds would watch for enemies. They'd watch over their flocks. And down below, they had a top level, and in the lower level, there was a, a place where they would bring the ewes to give birth. And in that place, in that lower level, there was a place where they would help them give birth to protect them, where it was ceremonially clean. And then there was a honed-out limestone that they call the manger, not a manger. And in fact, if you'll look in the Greek in Luke chapter 2, it says you'll find a babe lying in the manger. The word specifically is there, the definite article, that manger. So the whole idea is these shepherds knew exactly what it was to get a lamb ready. They literally, and this is in their tradition, they would... These infant lambs were assisted in delivery, gently handled, and they were wrapped in cloths in order to keep them from thrashing around and causing blemishes that would make them ineligible for temple use. The shepherds would take the wrapped lambs and place them in the manger, safe for inspection. And then after inspection, they would give the lambs to the mom, getting them ready for the temple. And when I saw this, I thought, oh my, oh my goodness, OMG. Now, none of this I can prove from what's written in Luke chapter 2. You do realize that. But here's the thing. Why did I wonder what the sign was? And all of a sudden, it made me realize how precise God is 
God had a specific purpose for this shepherd audience. Those men who watched the sheep meant for the sacrifice received a divine message, a revelation about the ultimate lamb who would take away the sins of the world through his death and resurrection. They were to give witness to the spotless lamb of God. They said, let's make haste. They know, they knew exactly where to go. In fact, if you really study it out, Mary and Joseph probably went back. These were the same fields David, King David, had watched over his flocks. They were of the household of David. In this same area, Rachel and David. You remember when Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin? Never realizing that one day in that same place would God would bring birth to his only begotten son. That we all might have life. Eternal. And I just sat there in my office and I, I and this, and let me just tell you. I, then I thought of John the Baptist when Jesus comes walking in John one twenty nine, He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, there's presently no archaeological evidence establishing the exact location of Migdal Edar. Connie and I are fixing to go in March. We'll come back and tell you. Thank you again. It's all paid for. Thanks to your love. I can't prove that what the Talmud or the Mishnah is correct. But as I sat in my office and as I studied this stuff, it gave me some insight into the exactness and the faithfulness of God in keeping His Word. All of a sudden, I realized every promise God has given me is just as good as the promise He gave to Micah. Every word that God has spoken to you, He's going to back up with His to the minute detail. There's not a word that's going to fall to the ground that God does not perform. And when it leaves His mouth, He's going to perform it. And it just gave me such a thrill to understand. I just sat back and said, God, you are so good. And you're so big. You can do it. If nobody else can, you can do it. Let me tell you, folks. Jesus came the first time. And just as he's coming the second time, it's all going to be exactly as God purposed it. Now, here's the thing. There were people that lived four miles from where Jesus was, and they missed it. They missed it. They wasn't looking for it. It was just old. It was just history. And there was something that caught my attention in verse 17 of Luke chapter 2. When they had seen him, they made widely known the saying. That word saying in the Greek is rhema. They made widely known the rhema, the word of Christ, the word that they were told concerning this child. When they had seen him, they told everybody. They told everybody about this saying that the angels had told them concerning this child. And all, verse 18, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They were amazed. And here's the thing that came to my heart. When's the last time you were amazed? When's the last time you marveled at the story? We've heard it so many times. We've celebrated it year after year. 
When's the last time, and I can honestly say this year, I stood in awe of the story. Jesus Christ was born exactly the way God said. And he made a prophetic declaration to all of Israel. This child is the Lamb of God who's going to take away the sins of the world. When's the last time you've marveled that Jesus Christ took away your sin? When's the last time you were amazed at His goodness, at His grace? Why don't we let it be this Christmas? Why don't we just give God a good wow? You're big. You're God. And you've come that we might know you. Folks, listen to me. Jesus was born for you to be born again. He lived, he died, he rose, and he's coming, just like God said. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. Would you stand together with me? Have you experienced His coming? Have you experienced His coming to you? Jesus was born to die a sacrifice for your sin so that you might become sons and daughters of God. Have you experienced Him? Celebrate Christ alive in you. He who began this good work in you will bring it on to completion. I don't care what it looks like. He's going to fulfill His Word. He's going to do exactly what He said. You can trust Him. We're going to have some ministry team available or no ministry team available. Hey, I'm going to be available. <laughs> Connie and I will be available right here. If you have any prayer need or if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me just invite you. We would love to pray with you. Or maybe you have something going on in your life and you need this Christmas for Jesus to show up, for His Holy Spirit to, to fill and to redeem. Maybe restore. We're going to be here for just a few moments, but we want you to be able to respond to Him. So Theron's going to lead us in a closing song, aren't you? (laughs) And then we'll be dismissed. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity that we have to marvel at you and be amazed. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons. Go to newcovenantlampasses.com.